Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Dana Osman, here with my friend, Chabruta Ann Gordon. Our DAP today, Masech and Azir, DAP Samech Dalad, page 64. Well, we're in our last three days of Nazir. We're going to make our CM a little bit later on April 2nd, God willing. Uh, please check our Facebook page, our WhatsApp group. You can also email us at talkingtalmud at gmail.com if you would like to see them information. It will be at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. in Israel. Uh, and we look forward to you joining with us. And uh, later this week, we will be starting uh, SOTA. So I'm going to get straight to the DAP. And remember, we're talking about uh, the status of Tuma that, um, that is floating. That was partly what the Mishnah was talking about. And so the Gemara now does sort of like, it's basically a series of brain teasers, all talking about what happens if the source of the Tuma is resting on top of something which is floating in water. Is the Tuma on top considered floating in the water or not? So by Rami Barhama, so Rami Barhama asked, Mate Bikli, if a corpse was in a container, Uklid Sap Alpinehamain, and the container was floating on the surface of the water, Mahu, what's the law? Right? The question is, what happens if somebody touches that corpse? Right? Because we know that the person wasn't exactly over the corpse. So there isn't a question of sort of Tuma having been them getting it over a roof, right? Like that issue of the Ohel, right? That they were sort of over it and the Tuma goes up into the person. Right. But the question is, what, how do they basically, how would, could Tuma be transmitted? But are clear as Lena. Do we go according to the container? Right. And since the container is floating, we would rule that the person is Tahor. Oh, or do we go according to Batarmita Azlina? Or do we go according to the corpse? And since the corpse is on the floor of the container, right, it's not considered floating. Even though the container is floating, the corpse itself is not floating. And therefore, it would not actually, so this is not actually, uh, then it wouldn't be considered a floating tuba. And if it's in a clee, it actually would sort of be its own reshoot. So, you know, so that that's what they're basically asking here. Kamar goes on to say, right? If you want to say that we do not go according to the container, right? And the and therefore the, the corpse is basically treated as resting and not floating. And right? Mate al What about a case with a human corpse on top of a dead sheritz and the sheritz is floating in the water? If you say this, then the tuma, which is which you get from a sheritz, only lasts for one day. It only lasts till the evening of the day that you acquired that tuma. Bahai tuma shiva. Whereas this tuma that is from a human lasts for seven days. Is it as if the tuma is placed inside a container, right? Since there's different degrees of tuma here, right? Is the sheritz basically considered to be separate from the the human corpse, right? And therefore, just as the corpse is inside, if it was like thinking about the previous case, it was inside a floating container, it's not considered to be floating. So also if the corpse is on top of a sheritz, it wouldn't be considered floating, okay? Oh, Dilma, Tuma Smichta He. Or maybe it's just one big thick mass of Tuma. Like it's just one big thing of Tuma, that we consider that is floating together. And even though they are different types of tuma, right? In other words, with the sherets, you only are tummy for the day. For a dead body, you're tummy for this full seven days, right? We still just were treated as one floating 
one floating uh, body of Tuma. Then they go on and say, If you want to say that it's as if the Tuma is placed in a container, the dummy Vadai, and these questions, right, would always be ruled as Tame because what's ever inside a floating container is not considered floating. It's Tame. So if you touch it, you're Tame. Sheretz algabe nevela, u nevela safa mahu. What about the case of a dead sheretz on top of a nevela? Right? So remember, a nevela is a, a, the carcass of an animal, which was not shakta, which was not ritually slaughtered appropriately. And the nevela is floating. Kaven de trevayo tuma erev inun. Both of those, the tuma from a sheretz and the tuma from touching a nevela, you're only tame until the evening. Tuma smichta he. Right, so then it should be considered as sort of one floating tuma, odilma, or rather high kizayit high tadasha. Right, the the amount that you need of one of those items, okay, for that to say that it transmits tuma, right, is uh, a kizayit for a nevela and a lentil for a sherets. So therefore, there are some differences, and therefore the nevela on the bottom could be viewed therefore as a container with the sherets on top. So again, maybe that sheritz is not floating tuma. They go ahead and go further. Sheritz agabe sheritz mahu. What about one sheritz on top of another one and the bottom one is floating? They have the same minimum measure, right, to transmit tuma. And therefore, it should be considered as sort of like one mass of tuma. Odilma, or perhaps, but since they're separate from each other, we don't consider them, you know, one, one thing of tuma. The Im Tim Selamar, and if you want to say Sheretz Al Gabe Sheretz, and in the case of a Sheretz on top of a Sheretz, Kaven de Mipsake Mahadadi, that they're separate from each other, Kaman de Machabichli Dami. So then it's basically like one is resting on a container, and therefore the one that's on top, the, the, the top Sheretz, is not considered floating. Sheretz Al Gabe Nevela, Shinimucha Mahu. But what about a Sheretz on top of a Nevela that has basically, you know, become mush? It's basically you know, decompose that now it's mush. And this is just mush now floating in water. Do we say that since it deteriorated as mush, it's treated like a liquid? And therefore, there's no separation really between the sherets, right, the bottom one, and the water itself, okay? And therefore, maybe the whole thing would just be considered as floating in the water. Or perhaps we say that the mush, because it came from a solid food, the nevela, right, it's treated like a salad, and that's what separates the sherets and the water. The Gemara goes on. The Imtim Selamar de and if you want to say that the mush is like a salad food and it's distinct from the water, sherets al gabe shifat zeramahu. What about a sherets which is on top of semen that's floating in water? So, unlike, um, uh, you know, uh, so see, urine, if it gets in water, is basically considered to be urine. But semen is not the same way. It's not, it's not actually considered it that way. And it's not considered to be water, liquid water. Okay, that's what it's talking about here. So it says, V'intim selomar, keban demit akara habele ki ucha. If you want to say that since the semen is injected by the body, it's treated like a solid food, meaning it's something that's distinct from the water. Sheretz al gabe mechatad umechatad safin al gabe what about a sheretz? It's on top of purification water, right? The water that's mixed with the paraduma. And that water is floating on top of, you know, ordinary, you know, ordinary water. In other words, the whole 
can you basically consider the purification water, right? The water of the paraduma separate because it has sherets on the bottom of it, separating it from the water. Okay. These are all like, I, I mean, these cases are so far-fetched. They're obviously not true. And finally, the Gemara says, lo yadina, we don't know, and teku. <laughs> it's just a teku. I, I think the Gemara is having a little bit of fun here, but it's also kind of explaining, I, I think it's admitting to some of the complexities um, about uh, about Tuma and Tara, right? Like that in a certain way, it, it can get taken to just like almost an impossible it's infinite the number of cases that you could come up with. So what I'm striking, struck by is the infinite number of cases about Dumantara to begin with, meaning like each step of the way, I feel like we get more new questions, new information. And I understand it's because we really don't have Dumantara in our daily lives now. So, but I, I kind of feel like, well, but we already know about it. We've been talking about it in different capacities over all of these different masachtot. And the answer is, nope, there's still a lot more that you don't have any idea about. Yeah, I, 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 right. It's like a little bit, this was like a cute passage for me. You know, it, there was something kind of fun and funny no, so, about it. So I, I understand. I agree with you in terms of the, the hypothetical factor of it. But what I mean is that it's still addressing questions about like floating tumor to begin with is a whole new arena as compared to, let's say, what I'm going to talk about in just a moment the tuma of a grave, which we already know about, right? Like there's just a new, there's always a new. Yes, this is a new, like, this is a new level, right? Floating tuma exactly. is like a whole other level. Yes, I would agree. Okay, All so right, I'm going to move back, on now. Right, I'm going to take us back into the familiar, or a little bit familiar, Amar of Hamnuna, Nazir v'osepesach shalchu b'kever ha-tahom So what happens, Hamnuna has a case here, I'm on the top of Amadbet, where it says we've got a Nazir and another person, Who's doing? Who's busy with the korban pesach? And they walk by what we call here a kever to home, right? This grave in the depths, meaning that's how we would translate it. But it means that we're talking about um, they don't know who they don't. It's an unknown grave. And this case, the case of a of a kever to home, has come up before. Now, what the issue is that they're on the seventh day of the purification, meaning seven days after they've been purified from having been in touch with ritual purity beforehand. So now they're, they're on the seventh day, right? They're Tahor. So that's exactly in the Gemara here says, Torim, right? Literally, they are pure. Now, the question is, what happens if you've got the Nazir? He's Tahor, he's pure, but did he shave and finish the Nizirut and then complete it in, in, in Tara, in purity? And the person doing the Korban Pesach did, you know, where did he find out that he was impure to begin with, right? What's happening here with these guys? My Tama, Dolo Alima Tuma Tatahom Lamista. So the Gemara says they're the the reason they're both considered pure, meaning both of these two on that seventh day, regardless of what has happened up until now, really, in terms of the way they've kind of concluded they concluded their impurity, they are they're on their seventh day, they're considered is the Gemara Mekil and saying lenient. Why is the Gemara lenient in saying that they're pure? Because Lo Alima is not strong enough. The impurity of the of the Tahom, of this, this grave that is unknown, it doesn't give off enough Tuma um, to cancel out the perfect purification process that each one of these people has done. So there's a few things that I find interesting here. One of them being the fact that 
you know, this could have theoretically been a case in Pesachim, right? It's really talking about this man with the Korban Pesach. Or really, it could have been a case in Nazir, because it's talking about a Nazir, right? I feel like Rav Hamnun is being efficient and addressing the question with regard to both these people who needed to wait for Tahara to get to, to the state of purity before it addresses the question of to home of the of this unknown grave, and then kind of let's just go through the different cases that would in fact still be pure in this case, namely both the Nazir and the person offering the Korban Pesach. Now we've got an objection from Rava. Mativ Rava, Yerad li Taher mitumatamet tamei. So Rav's objection is as follows. His concern, he's pulling from the Mishnah, right? That if we have somebody who was who came in contact with um Tuma from the from a from a kever to home, from this kind of grave, and then he goes down to purify himself in general, right, from the kind of Tumat mate that you could get from being in contact with an actual mate, right? Then the status is that he's gonna be tame. He's impure. And that's the st- and then like it's kind of like he's got this um um the given is that he's impure because he came in contact with that kind of impurity. So he's going to remain impure. Isn't that the point? And likewise, if he had been Tahor, if he had been in a you know, given his status of, of Tahara, then he would still be Tahor. So in this case, when we've got this Nazir and we've got this guy who's do, doing the Korban Pesach, they ha- according to Rav's objection, they haven't completed their time of being purified. So then when the, we're on the seventh day, they're, they're just not quite done, right? Because you have to finish that day. So aren't they still not having completed it? Shouldn't they still be Bechizkat Tumah? That they should still have that kind of the given of their status being impure until they are finished process of purification. So Rav Hamnuna says, Amar le, Modena lecha benazir shemuchsar tiglachat. So Rav Huna, he gives in a bit, not fully. He says to Rav, I agree with you, Modena lach. I agree with you regard about the nazir, who in fact has done this purification process, but he still hasn't completed it because he hasn't yet shaved. Right? And the whole point is that he has to shave for the impurity, and so he's not completely pure. So therefore, you know what, Rava, you're right, says Rav Hamnuna. The the Nazir in this case still should have the Chizkat Tuma, that he should still be considered um, Tame, impure. Amr le Rava, af ana modina lach boose pesach. And then they're so polite here. Rava says back to Rav Hamnuna, you know what, I also agree with you with regard to the other guy, the guy doing the Korban Pesach, the lo mochser velo klum. Because he's really not lacking anything. There's nothing he has to do to complete the purification process. So what I love about this, of course, is that, you know, Rava comes, the Gemara presents Rava as with this big objection. And Rav Hamnuna says almost right away, you know, oh, yeah, you're right. You know, at least you're right with regard to one of them. And then Rava comes, like, kind of recants, as it were, and says, you know, you're right, too, about the other guy. And they're all being so, you know, for all that Chazal sometimes disagree vociferously here we see a really kind of civilized disagreement um and now abaye chimes in he says one second both of them and certainly even the carbon pesach guy he still has to wait for the day to close he's lacking the sun he's lacking really sunset is the point so rava says to abaye he answers him back he says 
The sun is going to set by himself, meaning by itself. The guy doesn't have to do anything. The sun is going to set. He will have completed his purification process. And there we have the person bringing the Korban Pesach. His status under this case where he kind of bypasses or steps over the kever to home, he remains Tahor. Although the Nazir still has an issue. Okay, now, I'm going to stop here. I just want to note that a good portion of what happens on the rest of the daf is um, it addresses the case of childbirth and the tumah that can come in that case. We're not going to delve in, you know, in the interest of time and the interest of detail, but that is certainly what's happening. And then the daf closes with a Mishnah that leads on to tomorrow's daf, and we will take care of that tomorrow. So I, you know, I just want to comment just about this, you know, very quickly. Um, I agree with you about what you said, that this looked like this would be like a big machlokas, but like there's something like civil about how they discuss it here. Right. It's very polite. Yeah. It's like a very, very polite machlokas. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Robin e. Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydra website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Thank you.